Ready to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. I'm Dylan Murphy. Uh, with me as always is my co-host, John Gillen from beautiful Colorado. John, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. That's me. How are you doing, my friends? It's good to yeah. see your shining face, as always. <laughs> it's a medium, John. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I know. Radiant is what no. I was going for today, so I appreciate you you noticing the effort that I've put in. But the listener can't, so we should probably move swiftly on from you complimenting me because, you know. Yeah. As much as I appreciate it, we can we can wait till we're off mic. Uh, so yeah, we have a little bit of a jam-packed show. Uh, <laughs> as you can probably tell from the title of the episode, uh, we are. John has threatened to to talk about Steve Lukather for quite a while as a guitar player, and I have mixed thoughts from what I've heard. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I've told him one toto many times that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're not uh, even a dad. Jeez. Yeah, I'm not even a dad. I, I think yeah. I need. I think I need to see your license to make such jokes. I'm not a father that I know about. Um, so <laughs> touching wood. Um, so we are going to kick off the week as we always do with uh, one of us picks a lick of the week, and the other one basically has to discuss it. It doesn't have to necessarily be a lick. It could be a riff, a solo, a jig reel, hornpipe. If we're going trad, which we never do. And uh, it was technically John's turn this week, but he has done such a what looks to be a comprehensive report on uh, Steve the Luke Lukather that uh, I, I thought I'd take the lick of the week this week. And I've gone for something a little bit more recent, but uh, I, I know it'll lead to nothing less than a thrilling discussion of all things guitar related. Related, blah. It's Friday evening. I'm tired. <laughs> John, hit it whenever you're ready. All right, here we go. Oh my gosh. Is this Mastodon yeah. maybe? No, you're not a million miles away. This would be oh, a band that okay. would very much tour with Mastodon. It is same sort of time frame as Mastodon in terms of uh, works put out maybe a little bit later or a bit earlier. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, you do know who the band is because we have discussed them before, but not on the show. Okay, shoot. Well, I'm going to be at a loss. Like I that was my best guess. So give it <laughs> to me. Guess. What do you got? Very, very Mastodon-like vocals. So this is uh, Gojira. And oh, this is the new one, isn't it? This, this is one of the new ones. Yes. Yes. This is actually, yes. yes. Oh, so, I was like, I know I've heard this before. Ah, okay. Mm, so last week, uh, Gojira, uh, acclaimed French metal band put out, I, I don't know, it's what, I'm just going to double check what number album it is because it is there seventh studio album um fortitude which uh, I, I really dig I, i'm really really enjoying it it's just kind of you know it's a real if it ain't broke don't fix it sort of approach mm -hmm. and yeah they're kind of taking sort of a these are all the things that humanity has done wrong kind of approach to their if it was a concept album it was like oh we done we done messed up that's the theme of this album and yeah this is uh this is the first single this is called another world uh, I think it was released, I think it was about like last August or something like this came out ages ago, but uh, oh, okay. first, first single. And I think they've put out for about a month, they put out a single every two weeks. Um, and each single has been very much adored by the heavy music guitar community. Ben Eller has been doing a lot of playing videos along, you know, uh, technique videos, uh, who, which I really dig. So yeah, I, I, mm. I I'll be honest, I wasn't, very familiar until maybe about two or three years ago with this band i mean you don't when you think when i think of french uh, uh popular music acts i think of like like daft punk and phoenix and that's kind of it there's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a gray area for me and these guys are just so good like i can't think of an, any other european metal band that you know from that kind of central europe apart from maybe ramsheen that have such a big sound and such a global following yeah, um, I, I think if pressed, I could come up with a few more. But to be honest, I, I think Gojira yeah, that was a very kinda... <laughs> I really jump on the gun there. Think, uh, saying yeah, that, but, but I think uh, in terms I, I of modern they kinda, metal, the, yeah, they sort of top the pack here in this style. You know, it's not like uh, th there are other metal acts out there that are um, 
they're a bit different. This is that kind of, you know, like we said, Mastodon, it has that sort of really heavy riff-based influence. I think there's mm. some more, obviously, bands like Mashuga and things like that. I, oh, I yes. understand they're not from the central part of the continent, but whatever. You know, there's still that sort of vibe. But Gojira just has these really catchy, heavy riffs, just like you you demonstrated here with this, like, like... So they also came out with a couple, like they came out with a new one last week too, which was super cool. They, I, yeah, I just, I really enjoy their stuff. It's always fun to listen to. Um, it's good workout music. That's for sure. It is good workout music. <laughs> In terms of the various like umbrella term of metal and the various subgenres wherein, would this be, I mean, for, for the uninitiated, what would we describe this as? I suppose it's kind of like groove metal post-metal prog metal i don't know it's yeah to... I, I wouldn't quite go in the prog world yeah. they're they're sort of uh you know i suppose you could just say they fall under that kind of really generic heavy metal i, I know some people like i've seen the label for tech death they're not they're, they're technical but they're not that technical they're yeah. not sort of a earthborn evolution or uh beyond creation type thing you know so um earthborn evolution is one of beyond creation's tunes but anyway they're uh you know that they, they don't have that same vibe they're not quite I, I wouldn't put them in the death vibe and they're not in the same sort of really progressive where the song just kind of keeps changing as they go but probably groove metal post metal something like that might be the best way to put it pretty much in the same genre as somebody like Mastodon, like you said. So that that's my take on it. I don't know. Definitely recommend them though. Can't, yeah. can't say, you know, when you're, when you're looking at stuff like this with the, these cool riffs and it's just heavy and it, oh, it's good. It's delicious. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like one, they do like, I don't know. They do one thing, like one sound really, really well, I think from, from what mm -hmm. I'm like, just the, it's just riffs and big drums and like all dressed in black and, but they're French. So they're really sexy. And it's just right. that, you know, they're, they've just got this real, really winning formula that if, if you're on board, it just, it, it, it ticks all my boxes anyway. Um, yeah. Gojira, if you don't know them, check them out uh especially this new album fortitude i i really enjoy it um, Yeah, i didn't know a telly could sound like that i'll be perfectly honest <laughs> yeah i know i went looking it's this really nice like charvel telly um like he just and it's his own just signature. heavy as sin oh my yeah. gosh it's amazing <laughs> it's, i mean i think we could that that opens up a much bigger topic of like tellies being this such a versatile sort of instrument i mean we've talked extensively on the show about john five before and he exclusively plays tellies and how it's like it's ever since ever since jim root and slipknot released his signature guitar it's really become like oh no this can be a metal guitar you know it's which uh, is it's really unexpected you yeah know? really interesting yeah very cool excellent choice i i love it Absolutely. Love it. So go check it out. New Gojira all the time. It seems over the last year. <laughs> it's like, like I said, that's a new one last week, one the week before, or maybe yeah, it was they're on top of it. Before. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded I mean, great. Yeah. Um, so speaking of things that you love, but you know, this time I might not love it. We're on to our topic of the week, which is uh, <laughs> a, a, a beloved little uh, recurring segment we call, uh, you hate this, but I'm going to try and convince you otherwise. Working title. Um, yes. So yeah, we've done this before. We've, I've talked about Slipknot. Uh, John has talked about Motley Crue. Uh, we've done a few episodes of this and it's always fun trying to coax the other person around to our point of view. Um, yes. with 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 middling results <laughs> yeah well i yeah I, I think if nothing else coming away with an appreciation for it you did prince last time so mm -hmm. kind of sticking in this quasi 80s guitar player vibe yes. um today we've got steve lukather so a little bit of background on my decision with steve lukather please um, i am a fan of toto and one of the things that i think is great about toto is just the level of musicianship that you have in the yeah. band. Everybody in the band, session musician, they all met because a bunch of them were touring with Boss Gags in the late 70s. Okay. Um, you know, they had played 
on a bunch of these like and the, the cr crazy thing about 70s pop music like i think we're so far away from it at this point it's hard to realize the amount of orchestration and composition that went into these performances and these bands and they would mm. bring in these orchestras they they had arrangers for these pop tunes like an arranger for a pop tune that isn't just like yeah okay we're gonna have two guitars and here we're gonna put in a mandolin and a banjo because that'll sound neat and then some people clapping it's no we're bringing in you know the 60 piece orchestra and there's eight key changes and we've got a piano solo in the middle of it and all of this other crazy stuff and so we we kind of forget the level of complexity that went into this stuff. And so Toto, the guys from Toto are all right in the middle of this and they kind of decide, hey, why don't we make our own music instead of doing this all the time? Um, and so I think there's some really amazing musicianship and to talk about Toto specifically, you can't talk about Toto without talking about Jeff Picaro and Mike Picaro yes. and yeah. David Page and Steve Picaro and the importance that he had on synthesizer technology at the time and what he was doing with it and um, those sorts of things. So in, in order to get away from all of that, just look at the guitar because this is a guitar podcast. Um, Steve Lukather kind of zeroing in on that. That, and I'm going to be perfectly honest about Toto. I love Toto, but I was going through the back catalog again <laughs> the look on your face <laughs> yeah if if you could see it man i mean you were yeah i should i should just have you do a screenshot because all it's right just... we're gonna do a screenshot for this for the grand <sighs> beautiful it's uh <laughs> it's bad like some of it is legitimately bad it's like this is it's almost songwriting by committee at this point it's like they were listening to a bunch of stuff that they were playing on in the 80s and they went you know we could write this and maybe that wasn't the best idea like it's just yeah it's I, yeah it's a lot of schlock I, rock it's bad yeah. pop it's there's oh, oh my gosh there's so much cheese it makes a frenchman sick like that's oh. the <laughs> quote of the episode um, okay, okay. yes yeah. So I'm just going to go before we go in. This is I'll just tell you my thoughts when you on hearing you talk about Steve Lukather there because I'm, you know, so um, Toto played Ireland, I think, maybe two years ago. And Oof. the guitarist Ireland community kind of blew up because mm -hmm. it seemed like everybody that was going was just going to see Steve Lukather. there. <laughs> well, I like, think at that point, too, like Mike Picaro was really sick. Yeah. Uh, David Pache was sick. So it was this amalgam of uh other musician friends yeah. that steve lukather knew it was basically the steve lukather toto review show so yes <laughs> it's like did anyway, you see any continue. any uh like videos of leonard skinner like playing it's like that that's not leonard skinner leonard skinner all died in a plane crash um <laughs> yeah so I, I i think what's always kind of put me off is that i'm always very skeptical of bands that only musicians can appreciate you know i i think that a band should not just have like should not just be playing music for other musicians to enjoy uh quote you know parentheses all jazz albums ever um no <laughs> sorry i had to, had to say that um but yeah i mean it's weird because like i know the hits and i think jeff Picaro is incredible or was incredible as a drummer and you know one of the most recorded session musicians of all time but when it comes to steve i have just had this image of him with kind of almost he's like he looks like if guy fieri played guitar a little bit and with, but like, yeah but with like boot polish hair you know and trying <laughs> to keep the look alive and he, but he, and, and his like signature music men and i think you have you have one of them in the background you're you're luke but yeah, there it is yeah there it is <laughs> Goodness gracious. But yeah, okay. So I just know because the only other thing I know about Steve Lukather is, is that he played on a lot of Michael Jackson stuff, right? Uh, some of it. It wasn't some a of lot. It, yeah. yeah. No. He was like the red guy. Yeah, but that's that's a great way to transition into this. So I've broken cool. this up into three different contexts. And the first thing, if you don't already know, you must have been living under a rock since about 1983. So Go ahead and play this first lick. Okay. 
I love Fallout Boy. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I've had too much caffeine. Um, okay, yeah. So this is this is beat up by Michael Jackson, one of the most recognizable guitar parts in all of pop history. I forgot how groovy it is. It really is a great guitar part. Like it's, it's yeah, great it music. really is. You know, and this is a this is one I like to teach to uh, to people who just love that time period because it's like this is this is a cool lick. It's not super hard. No. but it's so well placed and this is kind of what yes. i want to get to with steve lukather so he's a very tasty guitar player and his riffs i feel are very well constructed in this case they just groove right so beat it is mm -hmm. a great place to jump off on this and this is just an element of what he looks like as a session player, really playing for the song, which we'll get to that mm -hmm. in the second one. Yeah. But um, I, I felt like this is a great jumping off point. Obviously, this is 83. This is just before it's right around the same time as Toto 4 comes out. I think Toto 4 came out in 82, which was... Mm -hmm. um, the same time that thriller was being recorded so okay um but moving along uh despite my reservations about the back catalog this next tune it's called girl goodbye it's off of the first toto album everyone knows hold the line i intentionally chose not to go with hold the line uh at all for any of this even though i do think the solo is good but this yeah. is a, a if you don't already know anything about toto this is a good riff. This is a good one to listen to and check out. So 1978, Girl Goodbye. Okay, cool. Oh, that's nice. I like that. That's, right. that's good, yeah. That's kind yeah. of really it's got that real late 70s thing but that that drum beat is great it just it's like what like three or four notes and it just works really well yeah and it locks in with what everybody else is doing you know mm -hmm. this is the thing it's it's not i think the thing with a lot of guitar players of this caliber is it's really easy to overplay and these riffs mm -hmm. they're simple they sound good and for 1978 this is a pretty heavy riff like this is yeah. this is this sounds good so again, it's this idea of playing to the song and kind of making sure that this is catchy, but it's not necessarily going to be, it's, uh, it's not overplayed, right? Uh, the next one, though, so after Jeff Beccaro died, uh, Steve Lukather brought on Simon Phillips to fill the drum roll for Toto. Yes. Yeah. And he had played with Simon Phillips a couple other times. Simon Phillips is an absolute genius on the instrument so yes if, if you don't know who he is go look him up this is not yes. a drum podcast so <laughs> steve lukather had done a previous solo record in 1989 it is very much of its time there are some great licks i can't I, i'm not going to go into all of it there's also some stuff where it's just that if you can imagine a 1980s effects rack that's just stacked with delays and choruses yeah. Yeah. and really washy reverbs. Like that whole album sounds like you imagine it would sound <laughs> with that six foot tall effects rack, right? Okay. Beautiful. So <laughs> we're not going to go into that. There's some good likes. There's some good tunes. I'll put them on our little Spotify playlist for, for all of that. But this tune is from his 1994 solo album called Candyman featured Simon Phillips on drums. This tune is called Party in Simon's Pants. So let's go ahead and drop into this. That's 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 groovy, man. That's I, I I spent way too long of that trying to figure out what the time signature was as opposed to actually listening to it. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. That's, so that's, I was gonna say there's a few different ways to count it. Of course, um, I've seen probably the most common is like four four into nine eight or seventeen. Um, so however you want to break that up, have fun. It's essentially just that last kind of like hit at the end of the the riff yeah do do question do 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 yeah is this an instrumental album 
No, it's not. Okay. This tune is an instrumental. Um, and but there's a lot of other great ones. There's a the cover, he does a Joe Walsh cover um on this one as well. And he does a couple other, he does a Hendrix cover as well. Cool. So um, or at least I that might the he does Red House, but I think Red House is on like the special Japanese version or something course, like that. Yeah. I can't remember the tracks, but yeah, so good one. There's there will be another one from this a little bit later on. So here's the other right. thing. The reason I wanted to do this one is yeah, this is an odd time signature. It the the B section goes into a straight four, which is kind of cool. So you have this alternating between this weird time signature. But again, it's not an overly complex riff, despite the fact that the timing on it's really goofy. Yes. And it's still a catchy riff. It's cool. It's groovy, again, despite the fact it's in 17 or whatever, and um, gives you a good sense of just what he can do with that. So last one here, kind of just solidifying everything. I think I've made my point, but yes. I do really like this one too. So this is called Drag Him to the Roof. This is off of Tambu, not a common, not a well-known Toto album to basically anyone who stopped listening after Rosanna. So this is 1996, and he had kind of taken over lead vocal duties, to be perfectly honest. At this point, Toto was a Steve Lukather solo project. So, gotcha. um, however, this song is about the OJ trial. Fun little fact. <laughs> so I definitely recommend going back and listening to this. So, but let's just check out this intro riff. I'm so excited. this is why i love doing this podcast because it gives me an opportunity to learn about all these like i would never found this and i'm gonna go back to these riffs like these riffs are amazing they're right because you know, it's I, it takes someone with kind of who has been through who, <laughs> who has crawled through all the broken glass um and i'm just like walking on their back to get to those tasty riffs um it's just yeah it's uh this is great this is so what year is this this is like what this is 1996 90s? wow okay <laughs> <laughs> what a what a concept yeah I, I have to we have to make a playlist of this just to to, to share with yeah those because I, I think what's interesting too and and possibly why Toto gets some crap is after kind of the mid 80s they end up in this weird space like there's no yeah. there's no place for this song in in the radio no, you know, it's especially it's after not, brunch. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not pop. It's not. Uh, it is this kind of like weird pop rock thing, mm -hmm. but it's it's not pop. It's not grunge. It's not you know like where do you find a following for this type of music? And mm -hmm. in in the early '90s, that's kind of where Toto landed. It was just this weird space. They didn't really know what to do um, or how to find that space. They actually found mm -hmm. a lot of success in Europe. Um, and I think I can kind of see, yeah, of course they did. They're, they're huge in France. Just, <laughs> it's true. Actually, uh, one of these, uh, I've got a live cut in here from a show they did in Paris. So there you have it. Um, anyway. Yeah. So some great risks, but as I've already alluded to, a lot of this has to do with playing to the song. So when you listen to Dragon to the Roof, like that groove, I saw your left or your right hand going on that hi hat, man. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's tasty. But you man. you realize how all of this comes together, and he's really thinking about the composition of the song, not just hey, I can play this wicked cool riff, right? Mm. So with that in mind, this first one that I've got here is called Broken Machine. It's from a fill just after the guitar solo coming back into the chorus. And this is 1997. This is from his solo album, Luke. So let's go ahead and give that a listen. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. like... 
it's just it's it's so low in the mix though as well. Like you could barely make it out, but it's just there. And right. Yeah, that's that's mental. I'm gonna go back and listen to that. Like after we finish recording, I'm gonna go back to, through all of these because there is just some wild musicianship. And the fact what you say, this '97 you said? Yeah, '97. That's it's so 1997 sounding. It looks like it, it sounds like it could be on a freaking Toyota Corolla ad or something. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> like this was the outro music to an episode of Felicity or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Early edition. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Excellent. That's 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 great. So yeah, I mean, so it he just slips in these little fills and they're just like and this this amazing. still in particular, I remember uh going over to a friend's house uh towards the end of high school and he was like dude you need to hear this and i was like yeah 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 and so we listened to the whole song and he was like this this right here and i was like <laughs> ah, what and we sat there and we rewound it and we rewound it and we rewound it like 10 times going, what is he doing because it just comes in and it's a super fast lick and then it's gone totally yeah. gone and um, and he's doing these little fills throughout, but it's way simple throughout the rest of the song. When you listen to the rest of the song, you'll hear these just kind of like just this swell on a bend that comes in and goes away. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's a nice touch. And yeah. then this comes out after the solo and you just go, what the hell? Where did that come from? And then it's gone. And yeah. again, this to me is just him really playing to the song. This is the craftsmanship as a guitar player seeing like, the song is bigger than what I can do on the guitar. But in case you're wondering whether or not I can do it, I, I can that. do it. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's, yeah. I, I love little, like, little chop demonstrations like that. It's, it's, uh, that, that always, you know, that always does it for me. Um, please. Okay, let's move on. What, what, what's next? Okay, so with that in mind, coming to Kingdom of Desire. Kingdom of Desire was the last record Jeff Picaro played on. Um, so there is kind of the, the Toto guys have a special affinity for some of the tracks on here. This is called Wings of Time. It's 1993. It's just the intro here as it builds into that first verse. Nice. Yeah. Very, it's, it's very distinctive sound. I think it's just like a yeah. wash. It's, it's very, yeah. it's very it's, damp guitar tone. Yeah. That's probably a good way to put it. It's very, the, the, what you get here is it creates this big open space. And just as you're coming into that first verse, what you're getting a lot of is you're getting just these kind of like real gentle, almost David Gilmore-esque treatment on mm -hmm. the whammy yeah. bar. You know, just creating just enough vibrato to make things interesting. You know, the real washy tone, though, creates that kind of really open space. So, again, here's an opportunity to overplay things, but he's not. Um, and he's really just trying to set the mood and create something cool. Yeah. Um, and he's got some, like, chicken picking double stops in there as well. Yeah. By the sounds of it. Like, yeah, just because it works for the – it fits in with the groove. Very nice. Yeah, it's very yeah. – very nice there. Um, now, of course, I told myself I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this. So off of Toto 4, this is Rosanna. It's 1982. But what I want you to listen to when you listen to it, listen to just the little, little things that he's doing to kind of create a rhythmic feel for the guitar. It's not big chords. It's not a whole bunch of strumming. It's yeah. not huge distorted tone. It's this real groovy, and it definitely comes out of this kind of like 70s pop, 70s funk vibe, mm -hmm. but you'll, you'll kind of see that, again, he realizes the guitar is not the main feature at this point, and so yes. he's just trying to put in something cool, uh, but it's not overly complicated. Again, playing for the song, so let's give it a listen. All I want to do when I wake up in the morning is see you Ever 
Uh, this, yeah, I, I've uh, that groove, like that drum groove, is just what, like, it's it's so critically lauded and well known for a reason. And I think the way that it fits into that pocket, you could kind of say that about what everybody's doing on this song. Yeah, it's very much like everybody's kind of driving it forward, but also kind of holding back at the same time. It, it's it's all very much it's a group playing as opposed to yeah it's playing for the song for lack of a better term and yeah yeah i've never noticed that because i've heard the song a million times and right this the solo is like i solo is like eight bars or something like that yeah or, and it's it's perfect like it's it's one of the the perfect short solos i've ever heard yeah it is a very well constructed solo again i left it out because there's so sure. many other things to touch on, yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, but that that in particular, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Everybody's there. Jeff just creates this amazing pocket. I call him Jeff because you know we're on <laughs> a first name basis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, just that that pocket, and everybody else realizes like we need to be in this pocket. There's nothing. There's there's mm -hmm. no reason to be busy. There's no reason to go all over the place. It's just poof. It's right there. Um, this last one was from Falling In Between as a title track off that album, and uh, it's from 2006. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll surprise you with this one, so go ahead. Okay. Oh God, this is like yeah. you've got that post like new metal halftime. Oh my beat. gosh, yeah. And that's almost like do you remember in Michael Jackson's Black and White and like the whole yeah. the song changes and it's just like it's like what? Scooby Doo Scooby Doo, <laughs> like doo -doo, doo -doo, you know, it's it's kind of like that uh that scene transition yeah um, shimmy effect. Uh oh that's my incredible. Gosh. That's yeah, so this is this one's kind of goofy. Um, I have mixed feelings about this tune, but I kind of wanted to throw it in because I just want to talk about it. The uh, <laughs> it's my show; it's my prerogative. I'll <laughs> do what I want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this is this is like not really his best riff writing, and it's this like real out of place, super fast lick um to me and and when you listen to this whole song the whole song feels sort of like steve luther realized that john petrucci was getting a whole bunch of attention right about this oh, time between yeah, 2004 yeah. and 2006 and it was like i can write a prog rock tune and i can shred too and we're all like yes steve we know you can shred but He's we got listen a music to john man. Petrucci. i've got a music man yeah <laughs> right there's only yeah. one music man and it's me <laughs> man and uh, <laughs> and uh i mean that's just it it's like we don't listen to you to be john petrucci we listen yep. to you to give us really tasty riffs yep. and beautiful solos that are just perfectly timed not to be john petrucci so yep. that's that that is my contention with that particular tune so moving on to the solos because i think that's a that's a reasonable transition i kind of stepped mm. on myself but uh this one this is a solo for broken machine um i didn't really want to kind of do doubles on some of these but this one's worth it so we're going to go ahead and take a listen Hey, wow, it's it's that does not go in any solid direction. It's just kind of it's kind of fun and kind of bouncy and all over the place. And it's there's a lot. Of, it's it's funny, like we've talked about him holding back. And this mm -hmm. is kind of him holding back because he could very easily just like shred the arse off it. But he's choosing yeah. to just do these like really interesting dive bombs and bends. And the phrasing is really unique. In particular, yeah. that that last little lick at the end where it's kind of this staccato vibe as he plays up, you know, and that to me just sounds uh, it's just it's a fantastic sound. I absolutely love it. So um, those little kind of chord shape type things that he plays going up from there. Now, Steve, look at their very much influenced by David Gilmore and um, yeah. 
this tune, I think, captures a bit of that in the solo. So if we look at this one, this is Hero with a Thousand Eyes. This is also off of Candyman. So let's go ahead. It's first track off of that one. And These titles, man. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, this one. So to be honest, as cheesy as it sounds, like he came up with this after uh, reading Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces. So, yeah. Oh, boy, let's go. <laughs> that was that was a lot to take in i think i need to lie down right. after that so it kind of comes in that particular part there is a little bit that happens before you get this kind of Jimi hendrix switching the pickups vibe to it and this mm-hmm. massive bend and then he comes into this and to me this speaks a lot of that david gilmore influence just because these phrases everything's just kind of like in these little chunks yeah. of phrases that he plays through and so he's very good about crafting these solos that kind of make a statement and then another statement and another statement and it's this idea of having this conversation he's saying something each time he goes through it um and there's that lick there kind of towards the end that's just lightning fast right um but it's there with the to contrast the parts that aren't so yes, sure. as he demonstrates, he can play super fast, but he's not going to do it all the time. It's this yeah. kind of goes back to what I said with the riffs. It's not overplaying for the sake of overplaying. He could do it. He's not going to. He's going to, as you said, hold that back a little bit. Yeah. And I think Girl Goodbye here, this is the live one from Paris that I was talking about. This is from 1999 uh, for their Mindfields tour. And that's Mind with a D. edgy (laughs) creative and clever no doubt not my Um, field mind (laughs) okay i love you steve luther okay girl goodbye i'm composing myself Um, okay here we go i'm okay That's like his alternate picking is it's just incredible. What's fantastic about this is it's a little bit different than the original recording. And uh, he just throws the kitchen sink in here in such a small space. Like there's sweeping. He's got some cool pentatonic licks. He's got some little chromatic things. There's that super fast run at about 10 seconds into this yes. uh, clip that I've sent. So, you know, it's it's all there again though still maintaining like this idea of phrasing it's just not all the way through he lets you recover after that fast run and take a take a deep breath and then he's like ah we're back at it karate Mm. chop so yeah yeah okay so this is this is a that's a fun one i i really like that one it's it's a fun one to listen to live as well that's they had just gotten back together with bobby kimball and he sounds amazing at that point so he was removed just to give you a quick reference on that bobby kimball had to leave the band or was kicked out of the band because of a drug and alcohol problem right after toto four and then he cleaned up his act got stuff back together the in the mid 90s there as i said it was steve lukather's toto project with kingdom of desire and tambu and he was handling all lead vocals 
he called up Bobby Kimball, said, hey, I hear you're doing better. Let's do this again. And Bobby Kimball came back and just nailed all the old material. Fantastic. Yeah, he's he's the one that would have been on all the hits like Africa and Toto and Hold On. Yeah. Sorry, Africa and yeah. Rosanna and Hold On. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, so, right. This last one here, uh, Steve Lukather, big fan of Jeff Beck as well. This is from an album he did with Larry Carlton. Now, if you don't know who Larry Carlton is, go look him up. But yeah. I'll tell you a little bit. Larry Carlton is pretty well known for the stuff he did with Steely Dan. He was a massive session musician in the mid to late 70s in Los Angeles. Several jazz records as well. And what he did with Steely Dan, like Kid Charlemagne, that was my introduction to him. So this is... Larry Carlton and Steve Lukather did an album together, and this is the live version of that. Essentially, rather, they did a live album together and then kind of toured on this. I got to see them at the Whiskey A Go-Go in Los oh, Angeles wow. in oh, okay. 2002. <laughs> Amazing. So much fun. Shout out to my buddy Danny for making that happen. Um, great show. And this is The Pump. So The Pump is a Jeff Beck tune. And we're coming in in the middle. This is sort of after the A section and they're alternating solos. Larry Carlton just finishes his solo. And this is going to be Steve Lukather's first solo on this. And then it's going to kind of go back and forth. And there's some cool things to pick up on here. That little speed like just just to point that out too that's larry carlton that starts that so <laughs> you can hear larry carlton has a, that second solo that comes in that you hear it's got those more outside tones that's much more larry carlton he's playing uh an e335 or maybe it's a 55 i can't remember wow. but you you can hear the tone difference and lucas has yeah. got these like crazy Hendrixy vibes going on there too but there is there is a really cool element of just the way they're able to phrase these bars back and forth and kind of toss things back and forth to each other and it just speaks to the musicianship I think of both of them to be able to do it succinctly clearly and cleanly and be able to pass it off and then yeah. to do that little end thing and just cool. make it work man like that's amazing so all that said I'm going to summarize my thesis with, <laughs> I think, so what I think, what I think makes Steve Lukather a great guitar player is his ability to write these catchy riffs that are, aren't overly complicated, but they're going to hook you in his ability to play for the song and just really make that work, make his guitar part work around what everybody else is doing. And some of that is best exemplified in the way he played with Toto, like in the Rosanna tune. And then just those solos where he focuses on phrasing. He's very attentive to what's going on in the rest of the tune. Obviously, as we've already talked about with the songs and the riffs, but this in particular, where you, when you listen to his solos, how he works with other musicians, still even in the solo, in his time to shine, he's still mindful of everything else that's going on around him. Yes. So that's what I think makes Steve Lukather an excellent guitar player. And that's why you should at least listen to him periodically. I'm, I'm giving you snaps for that. Ooh, snaps. Well All right. Oh, that was, uh, that was a trip, man. I can, I can t like, I, 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 I'm, I'm converted. I, I think I'm going to go back to like every one of these slips. Cause there is, there is, there is just so much. The thing is, right. It's, it's never boring. It's it, everything he does is just so there's there's so much to learn here from what he's doing in terms of like the phrasing and the rhythm playing and like this he, he's he's a master like he knows clearly knows 
he knows all the scales. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's just like, but he he's just like all the the techniques and the flourishes. It's weird because he's able to pull off all these different ways of playing while still kind of sounding like himself if you know what i mean like you can see mm -hmm. the influences there and you can definitely see like his influence on people like say petrucci or stuff like that even like the idea of covering a jeff beck song and releasing it is just like right. that's a that's a challenge you know that's that's you, you got to be brave to take something like that on but yeah I, I i particularly liked the the riffs the these riffs are like I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna try. I'd, I'd say there's sitting down and trying to learn some of these. I'd say would be a really good idea in terms of like building into your practice routine because they, they're, they're, there's just a lot going on that you could learn from. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. thank you, John. That, thank you for converting me. <laughs> um, sweet. So uh, I, I I suppose we will end this new episode. We've started doing this new thing where we finish our our longer episodes as opposed to our mini episodes with. Uh, guitar things that we've been digging each of us is going to pick you know talk a little bit about something that they've enjoyed it could be a song it could be a youtuber it could be a i don't know a riff that they're working on or something like that so i suppose i'll go first because you you've you've <laughs> i've done yourself with with that uh with that book report john thank you very much um <laughs> i i so i am a patron i am i support a guest friend of the show uh bernd Bortheger. Um, getting worse at saying his name every time I say it. <laughs> um, I had it once, but I can't say we, it. We um, need to have him back on the show just so he can do. say it like four times and we can get it right again. Yeah. Uh, Austrian shred god extraordinaire has a fantastic social media presence and YouTube channel. The dude knows his stuff. Um, so he has a, a Patreon, uh, one of the best guitar Patreons out there, I think. And essentially what he does is he releases these YouTube videos and then you can get all the, the, the PDFs and the backing tracks and you know, the, the, the tabs and everything on, uh, on, on his Patreon. And he put out one last week, which is a 15 minute warm up, and it's a play along thing. So you, you basically just play along with him and it's like string skipping and it's scales and it's basically just trying to get your, your fingers moving. And I didn't, you know, when you, play for so long and then you learn something new you're like how have i been playing so long without doing something like this like this right. is like it's i think it's i think it's actually like it's 15 minutes in full on youtube but if you download the so if uh, you play video, it as fast as he does is it make it like <laughs> seven minutes instead it's at a very manageable pace I have to say. <laughs> okay yeah but i'd say you know you could speed it up or whatever 30 minutes for us mere mortals is that <laughs> two and a half hours like steve vai's 10 hour thing right shortened into uh but no it's great i found that it's really been good for warming me up i've i found it really hard to get the motivation to actually warm up these days i find it's just like i just want to go into learning a lick or practicing a technique and it's it's as we've said before it's like going into the gym without stretching and i think this has been a real like tool to have and it's kind of forced me to go down and see what other play along stuff he has the idea of play along playing along with a video and being able to watch a technique and slow it down and pause and go through stuff it's just been so good for me because my attention span sitting down with a metronome and a piece of paper just isn't really doing it for me these days so i'm gonna right. getting any help getting any help wherever i can but yeah burnt bro traeger's patreon uh highly recommended his 15 minute uh youtube video on his warm-up youtube video is is great we're gonna post it we'll post a link to that in the show notes but yeah john guitar stuff that you're digging right now yeah so i, I have to admit like for me it was kind of interesting to there's been a couple of things so uh trying to we'll pick the one one this it was interesting to kind of go down this road because Steve Lukather was pretty influential on me playing guitar and trying to get better at yes. guitar. So yes. this has been fun, but I do have to say, the other thing that's been really interesting is I had a student, shout out here again to you, Jeff, uh, who wrote a tune, because we've been talking about modes. And okay. it was really simple, He did a he, but he did a lovely mixo or a lovely Lydian tune that had kind of this Joe Satriani vibe. And so honestly, it's been for me, I've been trying to explore more, just take a little time, 10 minutes or something like that, to explore more chords that give you these particular modal sounds. So, you know, the idea of that sharp four in a Lydian, well, what's going to play into that, you know, in the case of like an A Lydian, that sharp four is going to be a D sharp, which means including that B or maybe making that that 
one chord have that sharp four on it or something like that, you know, playing around with what that D sharp sounds like in various chords in order to create kind of those those different tones or, you know, a C sharp nine or that F sharp with 13 on it, those sorts of things. Yeah. Kind of, it creates some creates some cool vibes. So something that I've just I enjoy those sounds and uh, Jeff kind of inspired me to to do more of that. Boy, Jeff inspiring so is he a student of yours yeah 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 yeah. oh but maybe maybe you're becoming you're becoming the student after i don't know john i'm <laughs> running on fumes here <laughs> i'm luca there the has student has become the wait the yeah, what, wait, huh? well, uh, i'm uh, the I'm, apprentice yeah. i don't know i've, I've lost it yeah master, all your, all your steve luca there talk has has ruined my brain forever uh but i'm i wouldn't have it any other way and um, friends, you can check us out on social media, on Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon as well. If you'd like to get some bonus uh, guitar related content into your eyes and ears. And yeah, we appreciate any, any, we also have uh, merch on TeePublic. If you want to throw some cash, get some swag. And Teespring. Great. Teespring. 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 That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're, we're shaking off the rust here. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is fun. If you have, I mean, like when it comes to the you hate it's they do require an awful lot of research, as you can probably tell on John's part. He is very much outdone himself here. So, uh, but if you have any topic suggestions, any questions about uh, improving on guitar, John is a guitar teacher with his own guitar school in Colorado. So, yeah, any questions, we'd love to discuss them on the show. And yeah, you can hit us up at sharpenthataxe at gmail.com. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's about it. Think that i think that does it we we do have the the patreon page too you can also reach out to us there that's always a great spot for that and yeah catchphrase time i guess catchphrase time stay sharp everybody we'll see you next time